best friends and introverts, welcome back to the You're So Quiet podcast, or welcome if you're joining us for the very first time. As always, I am your host, Chelsea Brown. This week, we're going to be talking about something called the pink tax, aka something that women pay that men do not. So we're also going to kind of get into the nitty gritty of what it's like to be a woman in our society. It's not always a lovely picture, but there are things that I do as a woman that I know that when I speak about to men, they're like, huh? So yeah, we're going to talk about that today. Also, (laughs) I learned this week that NASA sent a woman to space for two weeks with a hundred tampons and they weren't sure if that was enough. So we're going to talk about that too. (laughs) But before we get into that, we are of course doing our mental health check. You're going to rate your mental health from one to five, one being horrible, five being amazing. As a reminder, I am still pre-recording these episodes for you, so we're not going to get into what's going on with me. I'm sure I'll have plenty to tell you when I am back recording live, but until then, I have another mental health slash self-care exercise for you just in case you're feeling maybe a little far to the left on the spectrum and like the one through three kind of area of your mental health rating. So today we're going to do the five, four, three, two, one anxiety trick thing. Um, I've mentioned it before and I remember that I literally couldn't remember all the senses. So I wrote them down this time. So uh, I don't sound so stupid, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and do that. It really does help actually if you're feeling really anxious or really overwhelmed. I currently am feeling anxious and overwhelmed, so this, you know, it could help me as well. And we're going to do it together, okay? So the first thing that you want to do is you're going to identify five things that you can see. So for example, I can see my microphone, I can see a lamp, a book, sound foam block things, and a tripod. Those are five things that I can see in my environment right now. Next, you're going to do four things that you can feel. I can feel the cold on my nose because it's kind of cold in this room right now. I can feel my sweatshirt on my skin. I can feel the scratchiness in my throat from talking all day. And I can feel satiated because I actually just ate. So those are four things that I can feel. Next, you're going to do three things that you can hear. Uh, One, I can hear my voice. Two, I can hear the furnace. I think it's the furnace upstairs, above this room. And I can hear my breath as well. It's kind of difficult because I have noise canceling headphones on right now, so I'm not really hearing too, too much. But maybe where you are, you can more easily identify three things that you can hear. Next, we're going to do two things that you can smell. I can smell my lip balm. It is coconut and pear from Burt's Bees. And I can smell peanut butter because that's what I just ate. And last is a thing that you can taste. And the thing I can taste is also peanut butter because I have not brushed my teeth yet. But if you're ever feeling overwhelmed and you just need to ground yourself, remember to do the 54321 rule check-in thing. Five things you can see, four things you can feel, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And it really does help you to kind of ground yourself, 
and relax for just a second because you're focusing on your senses rather than whatever is rattling around in your brain right now. As you are checking in with yourself mentally and trying to see, you know, where you are on the mental health scale, I have Rex for you as always. So I am watching the season of The Bachelor. I watch every season of The Bachelor. Well, I wouldn't say every. I've watched every season for the past seven years, I think. And Zach is doing um, an amazing job. Typically, there's someone that it seems like the producers ask them to keep around for drama only, and Zach really doesn't do that. He's very quick to eliminate someone if they're not a good fit. He's quick to nip drama in the bud. Like, he says he doesn't like drama, and he actually is showing that as well. And he seems to be doing a really good job. Um, at the time of this recording, the series is not over yet, so I don't know what happens, but I'm right before, like, the previews that I've seen are for Fantasy Suites, and he says he doesn't want to be intimate with anyone, but I think he does, and I think he might be intimate with more than one person, and so that will be very dramatic um, and kind of unexpected because he's been so strong and level-headed in his commitments up to this point, so it's a little bit surprising, um, but I'm interested just to kind of see what happens. Overall, I think this is a really solid season for The Bachelor. There there have been a few Bachelor seasons that have been real sketch, uh, namely Clayton. He, <laughs> he, I mean, the man tried so hard, but it was, it, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, I just don't think that he was really prepared for what being The Bachelor was going to be like, and he just kind of fumbled the ball a little bit. Zach, however, seems to be keeping his hands on the ball for the moment, uh, but we'll see what happens in Fantasy Suites. So if you haven't been watching, I think you should because this is a good one. If you like reality TV, this I think is is good and he seems to have a really good batch of women as well. Um, so yeah, I, I know that The Bachelor is kind of like this really misogynist show. It's kind of ironic. I'm recommending it on the Pink Tax episode. But uh, I like it, so is what it is. The next thing that I'm going to recommend for you is a DIY pink drink. If you recall, a few weeks ago, I told you that I was obsessed with Starbucks pink drinks. The thing is, is that a Starbucks pink drink is $6 for a venti, which is a large. And I always get a venti because I want a venti. Um, but it's $6 a piece, okay? And if I get one of those every day, that's what? $42 just in pink. No, that's not acceptable. So I saw on TikTok because my TikTok obsession has re reemerged. If you mix the ocean spray white crayon strawberry with coconut milk, then it's like a good dupe. I don't know if it's a good dupe. Okay. I do three parts of the juice to one part of the coconut milk and it's good, like don't get me wrong, but it's not, like if you're looking for that pink drink flavor, it ain't it, okay? And I think it's the juice in particular, it's like not strawberry enough and has too much cranberry undertones. So if I can find a different strawberry juice, I think it would be a good dupe. But since I haven't, and I've just been using the white crayon strawberry, it's actually really good and it's very refreshing. Honestly, it scratches the itch. I don't feel like I have to go get a Starbucks pink drink at all. 
Um, so yeah, I, I highly recommend that, especially if you are a basic girl like me and you are a pink drink girly, but you're like, yo, I'm spending $6 every time I get one of these things. Yeah, just, just do the juice and the coconut milk. And I think the juice is like $4 and the coconut milk is maybe like $6. And it's lasted me like two weeks up to this point and I have one every morning. So you do the math. It is much cheaper. It's like $10 for two weeks of drinks versus $84. Okay, yeah, I mean, the math is obvious. So yeah, DIY pink drink is where it's at for me right now. And I always struggle to be hydrated. So starting my mornings with something that actually hydrates me is great. All right, and this brings me to our new segment of the rant of the week. I want to talk about how people can be bored. I am literally never bored. Never in my life have I been bored. And I don't know if this is because when I was a kid, if you said you were bored, my parents would give you chores to do and you would no longer be bored. You would be regretting your life. But I, as, as an adult... I have this friend and she has texted me so many times that she's bored. And I'm like, girl, how are you bored? Like, I have so much stuff to do. I don't have time to be bored. And even if I did have, like, let's just say I have no work commitments. I have all my podcasts pre-recorded. I have nothing to do. And I'm still not bored. I'm not bored. I can read. I can play a game. I can go for a walk. I can play with my dog. I can watch TV. I can literally entertain myself until the end of time. And it feels like this should be a thing that people can do, but it's it's like not a thing that people can do, which baffles me because I'm like, I don't get it. Is it because of my parents being like, I'll give you something to do if you say you're bored that I'm like, I'm literally never bored? Or am I like that self-sufficient? I don't know. I don't think I am. I mean, maybe. I'm definitely like an I got it kind of girl. If you ask me if I need help, the answer is always no, even if I'm struggling to bring in 67 bags of groceries from the car. I will do it. I got it. You know, I'm very self-sufficient, but I'm like literally never bored. So it just, it baffles me. It baffles me. And I'm not, I'm not upset with my friend that's bored. Like, that's, I mean, interesting, but like, why are you bored? Like, I know that there's so much stuff that we could be doing that both of us could be doing right now, like work-related, she's going to school, she has animals, like, girl, how are you bored? How is that possible? I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, if you are someone who is bored ever, I need you to message me and tell me how this is possible because we literally have entertainment at our fingertips literally at all times i aspire to be bored right i feel like i am constantly stimulating myself like stimulating my brain i'm playing a game i'm doing my german lessons i'm reading i'm scrolling tiktok scrolling on instagram i'm writing down notes for the podcast writing down notes for my books writing my books reading my books editing them uh finding it like there's so much stuff that I'm constantly doing, I don't understand how you could ever be bored. Even when I was on the road trip and we were driving for seven hours a day, like back in December when we were going to Florida, I was not bored for one single solitary second. Even if there was no music on, there was no audiobook playing, there was nothing happening, I was not bored. 
I'm just enjoying myself looking out the window, blah, 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 like minding my own business. But I'm never like, I'm bored. I don't get it. I don't get that. So again, if you are someone who ever gets bored, I need to understand. I need to get it. I need to have this explained to me how you can ever be bored in today's society. I don't get it. Okay, so with all of that behind us, let's get into the topic of the week. And first, I want to talk to you about my pal NASA. And I do mean like the space organization NASA, full of astronauts and astrophysicists and super, super smart people. They literally, okay, so I thought that this was recent and it was not, right? This was in 1984. This chick named Sally Ride is an astronaut and they're sending her to space for two weeks. And they're like, hey, do you think 100 tampons is enough tampons for two weeks? And she's like, I don't think that's the right number. I think you could do 50 and be fine. And they're like, oh, we're going to do 100. So for the first issue, the first issue with this, the fact that you have so little understanding of the female body that you think 100 tampons for one single solitary woman is required for two weeks. If she needs 100 tampons for two weeks, you're going to be bringing back a corpse because she is going to be deceased, right? Like she is not going to be alive. I don't, I don't understand. The math is not mathing. And then when she's like, no, we could probably do 50 and be more than covered. And you're like, nah, I'm going to do 100 instead. So you literally asked what she needed. And then as the, the man in the situation, you're like, nah, I'm not going to listen to the woman. She doesn't actually know. That is wild. That's wild to me. Okay. I wish you wouldn't have even asked. Because if you didn't ask, it couldn't be like, well, I told them 50 would probably be like more than enough, even if I have the heaviest period of my entire life. Okay. So they send this woman to space with 100 tampons. Okay. Another tidbit that I found in this article is that NASA is trying at that time trying to understand what it is that a woman needs when she's an astronaut in a space shuttle in space. And they created a makeup kit for her. Let me tell you what was in the makeup kit. Okay, the makeup kit includes eyeliner, mascara, eyeshadow, eye makeup remover, blush, and lip gloss. First of all, if I am in a floating tin can in the vast chasm of space, I can assure you that I'm not trying to get my winged liner done, okay? I think we could do without the eyeliner, the eyeshadow, the blush, the lip gloss, the mascara, etc. Second of all, if you would have asked any woman at all who actually wanted makeup, and mind you, not a single woman asked for this, the NASA astrophysicist scientist people decided that women needed this. But if a woman were to actually be like, yeah, I do want this particular makeup item, I can assure you that it's just a really good moisturizer and maybe some concealer, right? Because I'm going to be tired, okay? Not everyone needs to be seeing the eye bags, yeah? But again, I am in the vast chasm of space, floating in a tin can, and you have the absolute audacity to send me to space with a makeup kit and 100 tampons. 
I'm, I mean, seriously, come, come on, be freaking for real. While I appreciate the, the attempt to make women who are a definite minority, by the way, I think there have been 56 female astronauts in the history of the astronaut program in the U.S. Anyway, I appreciate the effort to make women feel welcome. However, I feel like we'd be cool if you would first listen when I tell you 100 tampons, probably not necessary. And second, maybe don't treat women like life-size Barbies that only care about makeup. Uh, If I were Sally Ride, an astronaut, I would be beyond offended. But you can't actually say that, right? Because if you're like, yo, I really don't need a makeup kit in space. The male counterpart here that is trying to provide the makeup kit will ask why you're being so hysterical. Why are you being so emotional? It's not that big of a deal. Like, you're you're literally not treating me like, a, like an actual astronaut, okay? I've worked just as hard as all the men here and probably harder because I had to work even more so to even be taken seriously for this program. It doesn't matter that I'm probably more qualified than some of the men here, right? But you can't, you can't say that to a man. So that, that made me think, like, let's talk about being a woman in this society. Let's talk about how showing any emotion at all makes you hysterical. Even in the year of our Lord, 2023, showing any emotion as a woman, people are like, oh, are you on your period? Like, what's wrong with you? Why are you so emotional? It's not that big of a deal. Like, okay, let's back it up. Have you ever seen a man try to have an emotion? And I'm not doing this to rag on men, okay? But y'all do not know how to have emotions, And I don't blame you for this, okay? This is the society in which we all live, yeah? So it's not like you're so horrible and blah, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that the only emotion that men know how to have because they're taught from a young age that crying is for girls and you have to toughen up, man up, blah, blah, blah. The only emotion that a man knows how to have is anger. Yeah, okay, think about this, think about this, right? So we've seen the the teenage boy punch the wall, right? He's usually not punching the wall because he's so mad. He's punching the wall because he is trying to transform his hurt or his sadness or anxiety or something like that into anger because that is the only acceptable form of emotion for a man. This is all messed up. Okay, I'm not saying that any of this is correct. I'm not saying that our society is so great and that men suck, and I'm not saying any of that, okay? I'm just saying that as a woman, if I show even the barest hint of emotion during a disagreement, it's, oh, whoa, why are you being so emotional? It's not that serious. Meanwhile, the same man who is chastising me, the only emotion that he would show in an argument is anger and aggression, and that would be perfectly fine. I show the same emotion, not fine, okay? So we're talking about the, the lack of equality in our society. So there are a lot of things that I do as a woman that 
men would literally never do or things that I feel or experience that men would not feel or experience in our society. First thing that I do every time I get in the car is I check the back seat. It does not matter if it is middle of the day, bright sunlight blazing, I will check the back seat every time before I get in the car, okay? And if I have my SUV and the seats are not laid down, I will check in the little back compartment area as well before I even enter the vehicle, okay? When I enter the vehicle, I will get in and lock the doors immediately. This is not something that men do. Why do I do it? Because it is dangerous to be a woman. The amount of trafficking that happens, even in my area, like I don't live in a sketchy area. I don't live in an area where you would believe that this is common. But there are people being like picked up at a Target in the parking lot in broad daylight, you know? So I'm not trying to have that happen to me. So even when I'm walking to my car, if my car has a key, I'm holding the key between my fingers so that I could use it as almost like a brass knuckle sort of situation, uh, but stabby version. I don't carry a house key. I might only have my car key, but it's better than nothing, right? There are women who carry around tasers, mace. I used to carry around mace as well, especially in college, because if I'm walking around at night, I might be by myself. And that is terrifying. People don't understand why women go to the bathroom together. A lot of the times it is safety. It is a safety thing. And we might not even, as women, realize that it's a safety thing. But we know that there is safety in numbers. It's not, oh, we just want to go gossip. Like, I want to make it to the bathroom in one piece. And I want to come back to the table from the bathroom in one piece. So almost always we do things in groups. There, I, there is no safety if you are by yourself. And this isn't something that men even have to think about in our society, which is crazy to me. Like, I, I dream of not having to be afraid when I'm in Walmart and I notice a man at the end of the aisle and then I go to the next aisle and the man's in that aisle too. I'm like, all right, well, each time I'm like, is the man following me or is he also just looking for something? So then I have to deviate from my own plan to make sure I'm not being followed in a freaking Walmart. Is that something that men do? No, it's not. Let's also talk about the pink tax, which is what I entitled this episode. The pink tax is the higher price tag that women pay for the same items that men have. For example, you have like the black and blue razors, like the disposable ones for men, they're one price. And then the pink razors for women that usually are suckier with fewer blades and not as much moisturizer on it cost way more. Things like tampons, which are necessary items, very expensive, but men can go get condoms for free from any like Planned Parenthood. I can't go get tampons for free, but I need a tampon. Personal care items such as like shampoo, body wash, things like that are on average 13% more expensive if they're marketed toward women. It can be the same stuff with the same scent and it's 13% more expensive if it's marketed toward women. Clothes, the same like shorts and t-shirts, 7 to 8% more expensive for women than for men. 
Men can go buy like a three pack of t-shirts for $10. I can buy a single solitary black t-shirt for women for $10. So like you do the math. Okay. It's very simple math. It is three times more expensive. And all of this is happening while women continue to earn 82% of what a man does. 82 cents on the dollar in the U.S. right now. It is improving. But the fact that we earn less and we have to pay more for the same items kind of feels like, oh, yeah, we'll give them more money, but we're going to charge them more for other stuff. So it really kind of breaks even. You know what I mean? Like that, I don't know, that just really sits wrong with me. Why are the same items more expensive for me because y'all decided to put pink on the bottle? Right? I, I don't care about what the bottle looks like. And then let's talk about just existing in the world as a woman. Not even things that I am fearful of, right? Just existing as a woman in the society that we live in. Not only do I make less money, which already insulting, my entire life is judged constantly. I will tell you how. So first of all, as a woman gets older, she is seen to lose value. Men do not have this same thing. As a man gets older, he's like the silver fox now, right? But women don't have that, right? So we have hair dye, we have Botox, we have plastic surgery, and there's always the pressure to do these things to run from any sign of aging. And some people will say that, oh, women don't have to do that. Like they do that to themselves. Okay, so why do they do that? Why would anyone inject their face with botulism toxin? Oh, could it be because if I have crow's feet, then I am less valuable, then I am treated worse as a person? Especially if like you're an actor or a singer or someone who's in the public eye, people are going to pick apart your appearance even worse, especially as a woman. If you have gray hair, I can tell you this from experience, my hair is getting more gray by the day. I'll tell you that. I am at like 40% gray. And when it's like 80% or above, I'm dying the whole thing silver and we're calling it a day. But I, every time I go to get my hair done, every time I used to go, right? I have a girl now who does not ask me this and I love her for it. But every time I used to go to other people, they'd be like, oh, so you want to cover your gray hair today? I'm like, no, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not here to do that. I actually just want this other thing or I want a haircut or whatever. Like, oh, you're sure, you're sure you want to not cover your grays. Like it'll look so much better, blah, blah, blah. You look so young. I don't care. I don't care about gray hair. There are worse things to, to happen to me than just aging. Getting older is not a bad thing. When I turned 30, the, the number of people who questioned me, both male and female, we're like, oh my God, are you like so worried to turn 30? Like, doesn't it feel so old to you? Like, I mean, no, it feels kind of weird because I really didn't think I'd be this age, but it's not like, oh my God, I'm going to be 29 forever and then we're just going to tack on the months at the end. And if that's something you do and that's something you like to do, then go for it. But if you don't like it, like, let's analyze why we do this. Why do we have to pretend to be 29 for our entire lives when we're like 65? It's fine. Getting older is fine. Having wrinkles is fine. Letting your boobs be saggy is fine. 
But we do have this pressure as women to look a certain way, because if we don't look a certain way, then we are not valuable, then we are not taken seriously by a man. And even if you do do the plastic surgery, dye your hair, get Botox, then you are ridiculed for a whole other reason, because plastic surgery at this point in human evolution is the only way to fight aging as a woman, okay? But if we do that, oh, then you're so shallow. Like, how could you get a boob job? I have no idea what you're talking about. Even though, like, two weeks ago, I definitely just made fun of you because your boobs were saggy and small. But I'm so confused about why you got your boobs done. Does this hit anyone else's ear wrong? I, it, the double standard just really irritates me. You want me to look young, but not too young. But you want me to look naturally young, but I'm not going to ever be naturally young again. So instead of just understanding and accepting like, oh, well, aging is going to happen to everyone. Like, let's just let it happen. Nah, we got to pressure people to try to look younger. And then when they try to look younger to be accepted, then we're going to judge them for a whole other thing. All of this while we're facing all kinds of other pressures, okay? We're facing the pressure to be a mom. The way that this question has haunted me my entire freaking life, okay? I Words cannot describe, honestly, how sick I am of hearing the question, so when are you and Donovan going to have kids? Literally never, Susan. It's not happening. Oh, are you sure? You're, there's still time. I'm sure. Like, he got a vasectomy, I don't want kids, he doesn't want kids, we're perfect together. I do not want to be a mom. I don't. It's not what I've aspired to. If you wanted to be a mom and you felt that deep in your bones, I'm so happy for you and I hope that you can get that and achieve that goal for yourself. But not everyone wants that. So maybe if someone is like, no, we're not going to have kids, maybe just accept it. Maybe just accept it. And to be honest, I get that from both men and women. And I feel like that is our internalized misogyny, thinking that women have to look a certain way and have to have a baby and then have to have their body bounce back, quote unquote, from the baby and then be freaking superwoman and do everything. Because after you've had a baby, it's not like, okay, well, you are at this whole other level in society now. No, for some reason, you're actually somewhat lower, like a lower level almost, because you're expected to be an amazing mom, to quote unquote, get your body back, to go back to work, and you have to somehow go to work without getting a nanny for your child that you just had, and you had to go back to work in like two weeks because we have zero maternity leave in the U.S., you're expected to be all of these things in a society that does not value these things. I feel like our society straight up does not value women. We have this expectation to do it all and be it all. You have to have the career, you have to have the home life, the sex life, you have to maintain a perfect figure, and you have to have the children, as many children as, as your, your husband wants. You have to keep a clean home. You have to do all of these like aesthetic things to make you seem like you have it all together. And only if you have it all together are you like, ah, oh, this person is good. That sucks. 
Can you imagine the the pressure that moms in our society have to do everything just really hurts me. I don't want to be a mom. I don't. It's not for me. But I do understand how much work it is to be a mom. It's so much work. You're trying to raise this little human into an adult that is going to be a good person. And then you have to do all this other crap too? It sucks. So I feel like the pink tax is not only this percentage more that women have to literally pay from our meager earnings for the same things that men buy. I feel like the pink tax is also this expectation that women have in our society to do and be everything. The pink tax is every time you open Instagram and you go to the explore page and your whole explore page is full of weight loss inspiration photos and graphics and crap. The pink tax is walking to your car with your car keys between your fingers, hoping that the man you thought you saw in Walmart following you did not follow you into the parking lot. The pink tax is checking your back seat before you get in the car and before you lock the car immediately after you get in. I feel like we are paying a tax constantly just for existing. And I don't know what the solution is. I don't, I really don't. I feel like our society is so heavily steeped in misogyny that we don't even see it until we think about it. And that's that's really unfortunate because as women, we do not have as much power as would be required to change our whole culture. We're working on it. We're, we're doing our best. We have our Women's Day marches and we've had suffrage and we're, I mean, our wages are increasing. So we're working on it. But it's also the everyday treatment of women that is an issue. Women can treat other women fairly, but what does it matter if others are not? If the example that we constantly see in our society is of someone talking down to a woman, of someone silencing a woman, of someone judging a woman, if that's what we see, then that becomes the norm and that becomes our culture. This is all food for thought. I genuinely, I don't have any resources for you. I don't have any solutions for you. This is just a discussion because the first step in changing something is talking about it and understanding that there is a problem. And we do have a problem with the pink tax. That is all for this week, my friends. I know it was a little bit of a heavy topic, but you know how I like to just get in there. If you are not following the podcast Instagram and TikTok, it's at your so quiet pod, Y-O-U-R-E, so quiet pod. I love to post little funny videos for you guys and I'm trying to be more, you know, social because why not? You can also leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. And with all of that being said, that is all for now. I will talk to you all next week. Okay, love you.